The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello and welcome to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Nothing much. We are in the full swing of every sport active right now. Postseason baseball. NFL is in high gear. Hockey's back. Basketball started last night. Life is good in the sports world, man. Yep, you got playoffs in NASCAR, so everything that you could possibly think about is up and running right now at one time. This is a great couple of weeks uh, where this kind of all comes together, convergence happens in sports. Uh, the people who bet on games, uh, they're in heaven right now. Bad beats. Yeah. For everybody, and even and even the, I mean, we saw a thrilling Alabama Tennessee game last Saturday. Birthday was Monday, so yeah, life is definitely good. All right, this is know the score. You can find us at cspn.us. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. All you have to do is subscribe to KTS Pod Dash to CSPN, and you'll get the new episodes of Know the Score when they are released. All right, Dwayne. So we're gonna talk about these MLB playoffs first. We're gonna uh, first have some uh, fun at your expense. As uh, those New York Mets, it was all good just a week ago. Literally, they went from first. To second, which means they had to play in the wild card, and uh, they got smoked. Well, not really smoked. They went to the. Uh, I'm about to say, hold on. Now, hold on. The three games. They 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 they, they uh, went no. to the they went to the limit, but they got eliminated by the Padres. And uh, yeah, let, yeah, let, we we going we going. Not first off, we ain't gonna have no fun at my expense because we gonna get into we gonna get into the other team in just a second. So yeah, but let, let's talk about the Mets. So crash and burn definitely was the problem. I mean, the series against the Braves didn't help anything at the end of the season. But if you really think about it, they gave up three to the Cubs. And even though the Cubs were playing some great baseball towards the end of the season, you still got to beat the team you're supposed to beat. If you're supposed to be the team, you are supposed to beat those teams. I mean, you can go back to all the other five losses in the regular season, I to say one of those could have been a win. And and the narrative would have changed. Uh, it changed, but I knew I knew we were in trouble once Scherzer gave up his beach 
you give up you give up home runs to to Trent Grisham, who only hit like one eighty nine in the regular season, one eighty four, something like that, in the regular season. Um, Scherzer couldn't locate the ball. Um, he hasn't really been all that great in the postseason, and he got exposed. And then you had Jacob Degrom, who pissed the gem in game in game two. Uh, the Mets got the runs they needed to get the win, but. And then Joe Musgrove was just locked in. And when you have when you have a guy that's locked in like that, it's definitely difficult to stop. And so I'm disappointed, I mean obviously. I mean, you have high hopes. I mean, heck. Hell, the Mets didn't even do their thank you fans because they knew what was coming. <laughs> on their socials, they have not said thank you fans. Well, you know how teams do the thank you fans for a great season and all your support. The Mets didn't do that this time because they knew what was going to come from this fan base. Um, but, I but mean, they teased y'all, but doesn't it feel good to be relevant again, though? To be talked about, to be in the midst, to be a part of the, to be a part of it feels good again, don't it? Um, it, it? It does. I mean, when you really look at you look at the grand scheme of things. I mean, and after you got to tip your hat to Joe Musgrove. I mean, the dude pitched a freaking gem. Um, and after I processed it, let the emotions subside. He pitched. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do, and I mean, you had to. I mean, Buck Showalter tried to throw him off his game by having him be checked in the in the six, and and the and he didn't get phased. I mean, if anything, you pissed him off, and he pitched even better. So, um, but a hundred one wins. I mean, it's the fourth time they've. They reached 101 wins. Uh, it would be the Mets' luck that you win 101 games and you still go into the wild card round because of the competition from Atlanta. But 101-61, but there's a, there's a lot of questions now. Uh, I do think they could have done more at the trade deadline, but I, like to, I also like the strategy as well. I mean, you didn't, you didn't add – you didn't take away your top prospects and you added, you added a little bit. You got a few more bats, a couple, couple of them didn't pan out like they should have Darren rough. Um, but there's a lot, four fifths of the rotation. They're due for free agency. Edwin Diaz is due for free agency. And of course, Jacob DeGrom, that's going to be the biggest, um, Biggest uh, question mark: Will he will he be a Met for life, or will he get a deal elsewhere where he can, you know, go pitch for a contender? And you got a lot of suitors that will do that. I don't think I don't think 
I think the Dodgers, Giants, Braves, they'll probably all be in the mix. And, of course, the Mets will be as well. I don't see the Yankees doing it unless the Mets go after Aaron Judge. But I don't don't think the Mets are going to do that for many reasons. Uh, I think there's kind of like understanding between the two New York teams that if you go after – if you go out there, our guys will just go after yours. So, and if it wasn't for Hal Steinbrenner, Steve Cohen wouldn't be in the fold right now. So, I think Steve Cohen isn't going to do that um, anytime soon. So, I really, I really think that there's there's a lot of question marks, but I'm kind of looking forward to see what happens. Um, I would love for, obviously, I would love for DeGrom to remain a Met, but he's going to be, I would love DeGrom and Diaz back and then, you know, try to fill out um, other guys that will win now. I think this team is still in win now mode, and Francisco Alvarez will be coming up. You got Brett Beatty. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio will be getting a spring training invite, so he'll likely be on the roster as well. Uh if there is if there is a good future ahead for for the Mets coming up and and then you have the core. You also gotta bring back Brandon Nemo. Um and a lot a lot of things are gonna happen in these winter meetings that'll come up coming in December. So we'll just have to see what happens. Rest of the wild card round, we had the Guardians eliminating the Rays. Uh, on a walk, yeah, they had some really good games and really good pitch, well pitched games uh, in that series. Mariners eliminated the Blue Jays. Mariners with an epic comeback uh, to eliminate the Blue Jays in that second game, and the Phillies eliminated the Cardinals, ending an error in uh, St. Louis, where uh, Pujols. Molina? He's retired. And uh, and uh, Wayne Wright are all headed to the. Greener pastures of retirement, it looks like. Thank, so. thank God Yadier Molina is retired. I still ain't forgetting for 2006. Well, I mean, hey. No. 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 I, shout out to Jamie Hayter, by the way. But uh, <laughs> since we since we going to use that, might as well. Oh. Um, so we go. Yeah, so let, let's talk about it. Let, go ahead. Let's go. So we go this to is, the divisional series. Yes. Where we have the Philadelphia Phillies eliminating the Atlanta Braves. Yes. Uh, Atlanta's bats uh, never really got going in this series at all. Man, the Phillies put up a lot of big crooked numbers in this series against Atlanta's pitching. Yeah. Uh, Where was Max Freed, huh? (laughs) Where where was... It was Charlie Morton, huh? Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a good uh, it, it wasn't a good series for the starting Ray, pitching. Rays can't spend all that time talking shit about the Mets, and look what happened to their team in the next round. Yeah, I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah, so the Phillies, uh, they've been kind of fighting for their playoff lives uh, the last three weeks of the season, so they've kind of been in this desperation mode and uh yeah they carried that right on through the from the wild card to the divisional series ambushed the braves uh and uh, i think they won four games to one three uh, one uh three one i forgot this is only a five game set right here uh 
Uh, Astros eliminated the Mariners. They swept them. Uh, Mariners should have won the first game. They really got to Justin Verlander. Yep. Had a, I think it was a five-run lead and ended up blowing that game. And This was a bad move by Scott Service, putting in your starter from your wild card round in the bullpen to close it out, and Jordan Alvarez was built to that walk-off home run. And, and the Mariners, as a young team, never recovered. Uh, you know, they don't have the experience. They don't have the uh, – the, they haven't been through they, the wars. They got the superstar Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, and they just signed him for a long time for a lot of money, too. Yes, uh, definitely the rookie of the year in the American League. Smart, because by the time they get ready to have to pay him again uh, – It'll be a, a bargain for what they have to pay for them starting the next time. Uh, the Padres eliminated the Dodgers. So the Padres uh, look like after the, you know, I guess, you know, for the Padres, I guess all year they've been kind of like, well, you know, we'll, it's Tatis coming back. We'll be, you know, we're waiting on Tatis. We're waiting on Tatis. And then once they finally came out with the suspension for the nice camp, once they came with suspension for the uh, PEDs, and it, it was like, okay, he's not going to be here at all. He came, apologized, and they, you know, realized, okay, this is what we got. Padres have been playing some good baseball. They have. They have. And, and they've been getting to everybody's aces, too, and that's scary uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, they – they did it again today with um, Aaron Nola in the NLCS, but we'll get to that in a second. But, um, yeah, they did it to Scherzer. Uh, they did it to Bassett. And then and then in the division series, they ran through the, Do- they ran through the Dodgers. I did not see that coming, especially with the Dodgers winning 116 games. And if you really look at the two – the, the expanded playoffs really work because the two lowest seeds are in the LCS now. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees, they needed five games. They eliminated the Guardians. Uh, things got off to an electrifying start for the Yankees with uh, Stanton hitting a three-run homer, then Judge a couple of innings later hitting a solo homer. And uh, that was pretty much the cushion they needed. And the Yankees moving on to the championship series so we've got the Phillies they won game one over the Padres but the Padres came back and won game two so we're tied up there and then we've got the Yankees in Houston and uh, give us a live update Dwayne Yankees in Houston 4-1 in favor of the Astros Jeremy Pena hit a home run in the seventh and Houston's up 4-1 right now on on the New York American League team. Um, bad matchup for the Yankees. Houston has been whooping their ass all regular season, and this is the one team that they probably because they could because the Yankees can't out slug Houston, and they, and they can't out pitch them either. So right, <laughs> I don't know what the advantage is. And you add to the fact that the Yankees are worn out as well because right. they had the rain out. The, the, they had the rain out in the division series against Cleveland that took away their travel day. 
So they had to literally go to Cleveland and then go back to New York. Then the game five got rained out. So they had to go on their travel day. That would have been the rest day for the ALCS. And then they had to get off the plane, play Houston tonight, and then tomorrow night. And they don't get a travel day until Friday. Wait, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. No, yeah, they don't get a travel day to Friday. And then after that, the rest, if the series plays out, they're playing every day after that. So I don't know how. I mean, it'll be a miracle if they somehow get past five games. I think getting past five games will be an accomplishment. But like you said, they've Houston has been pretty much the Yankees' daddy in this <laughs> in the in the last in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it, it just hasn't been uh, very close at all. The Padres and the Phillies, though, that's going to have a lot of juice to it because. Um, you've got some really big personalities on both sides. Um, you got some guys that aren't afraid to show emotion and be emotional on the diamond. Soto. And so, yeah, so this is going to have a lot of juice and a lot of excitement to it. Uh, then you got versus Nola. Those, yeah, those crowds in uh, San Diego have been pretty lit, and the crowds in Philly have been pretty lit so far, so – yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, over there in the National League. Uh, what would be your prediction right now? We're sitting here in the uh, National League and American League Championship Series round. Uh, I know we're just a couple of games in. You're too early to call it uh, World Series matchup. I'm going to say Astros and Padres. Okay. All right. And, and I would, even though the Padres beat the Mets, I would rather them be in the World Series in the NL East rivals, so um but I also think I also think they have a little bit more both teams have momentum and I I think the Padres just have just a little bit more momentum and also they have a better a much better bullpen. I think one thing that <clears throat> that the Phillies have relied on their offense which has helped the bullpen out. I mean, if you look at the one game one against Atlanta, the bullpen almost imploded. Mm-hmm. No and, and, um, and luckily they're able to shut it down. Cause I think if Atlanta, if Atlanta came back, it would have been a whole different series. Um, but I don't trust the Phillies bullpen. I think the Cardinals just did not have the hot bats in that series. Right. And I think had the I think if the Braves pitchers didn't play like they did and if the bats were awake, then that series would have been a whole lot different. And then if you look at game one, that was just a gem by Zach Wheeler. Mm-hmm. They're starting to really pitch deep into the ball game. Cause if they end up like game two where their bullpen has come in early. They're not winning that series. So I, I swear I think the Padres had the advantage. And I think the Padres have one of the best closers in the game when they acquired him at the trade deadline and Josh Hader. And so that's uh that's where the advantage comes into play. Uh and then like 
the Astros, like I said, they are the more complete team than the Yankees are. And uh, you really want to see Dusty Baker really try to finally get his World Series ring. I mean, he's been a manager for so long. He knows the game. He's a great personality, very likable, took over the team after the scandal of the Astros really kind of, you know, people still look at them as the team that cheated, but I think that he's really put integrity back into that franchise. And you want to see somebody like Dusty be able to win a, win at least one, get that off, get that stigma that he can't win the big one off his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, baseball playoffs have been a lot of fun. I've actually gotten a chance to watch uh, several games uh, so far this year. So I've uh, definitely enjoyed myself. So- Especially, and you know it's really fun when you're really watching a game in the 15th and 16th innings. Um, or in the Mariners-Astros case, uh, 18 innings, or we literally got two games in one, so. This is Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne. We're about to shift it over to the NFL. So we got some notable scores from this past week where we had the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen got the ball last, well, second to last. Went down, got the touchdown to give the Chiefs the lead. This time, the defense came through, got an interception on Patrick Mahomes. And they salted it away. So the Bills get the win 24 to 20. Von Miller earned every penny of his contract for the first year because he did what they paid him to do, which was put Patrick Mahomes on the ground in the fourth quarter on a third down when they really needed him to. And that's how they got the ball back to get the go ahead score. So I think the Bills proved that, hey, they could go in the arrowhead, they could beat the Chiefs. Now, that's a regular season game. We'll have to see how things play out throughout the season. It may be a point where now the Chiefs have to go into Ralph Wilson Stadium and play the Bills in the playoffs in the the championship game, and that will be a different uh, animal altogether. But until then, at least the psychological edge and maybe the – the 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 ghost of that playoff game has been uh, exercised a little bit uh, with the Bills getting that win. Josh Allen, amazing. White Cam Newton, uh, just fantastic in this game. When he decides he's ready to take the game over, there's really not much a defense can do. Uh, so, uh, just superlatives galore for him. Um Eagles remain undefeated. They got the win over Dallas Sunday night football. Uh, Eagles play really strong in the first half, and then on the second half, they kind of just do enough to win. Uh, I don't know if they can sustain that, but it's been working so far. They're 6-0, so, uh, you know, don't broke, <laughs> don't fix it if it's not broken. Uh, the Giants continue to be one of the surprise teams of the league. They moved to 5-1 after a win over the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, got a bad snap, recovered the bad snap, ran around a little bit, and instead of just kind of throwing the ball out of bounds, he tried to make a play, and it got intercepted, and 
the Giants were around the 30-yard line, and they were able to cash it in for the go-ahead score there. So Brian Dayball with a bunch of cast-offs and no receivers and kids that don't like him and a quarterback that he don't like and all this other thing, man. Somehow he 5-1 first year on the job, and Ron Rivera, his third year, is 2-4. Uh, and four. So, you know. Still 13 left. Everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks and everybody wants to talk about this and that. It's about coaching and it's about motivating guys to play. It's about putting guys in positions to win and not just being like, this is our system. And if guys play our system, no, sometimes you got to modify and create a system for the guys you got. And that's what Dave Ball's doing. Because this man, I mean, his receiving court alone is patchwork at best. Um, you got to. You got a guy in Kenny Galladay who literally has not done anything. Shepard's been up for the year again. Again. Um, Tony hasn't done anything. James hasn't done anything. Evan Ingram hasn't done much. Evan Ingram plays for um, Jacksonville now, sir. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the Giants. I mean, who pays attention to them? So, um, <laughs> So that's how much I know. Um, I don't even know who their tight end is. Who the hell is their tight end? I don't know who uh, their tight end is, but yeah, yeah, it's it's not a lot of household names outside of Daniel Jones and Saquon over there on the offense, and yeah. and defensively, uh, they got Thibodeau, the rookie, but uh, you, you don't really know a lot of their defensive guys. But Wink Martindale, man, and uh, Brian Dayball, they're coaching their asses off. And they've got that team at 5-1, and one, and the more wins that they can get, the more confidence they build. And they may oh, – we walked. They may not be that good, but if you get enough wins and you have enough confidence, there's not going to be anybody who can tell them they're not good. And uh, they'll, they'll be a real dangerous type team because they have a lot of belief. Um, the New York Jets are 4-2. With a win over Green Bay, um, 27-10, to 10, but this was total smoke and mirrors, special teams and defense. Uh, and winning the, gotta Jets, give, the Jets. So, so. Got to give them credit, though. I mean, nobody had them going to Lambeau and beating the Packers. And not only do, not only do they beat the Packers, but they beat them. Um, they beat them um, pretty – I mean, the defense did – their job. I mean, Aaron Rodgers under Matt LaFleur was 9-0 coming off a loss. He was twenty. He was throwing 24 touchdowns and no interceptions and the Jets just came in and wrecked all that. And and now I mean, New York football right now, both the Giants and Jets currently are combined 9-3 and three right now. Um, pretty good. Pretty good time right now for or uh, New York sports at the moment. And, and here's another guy, Robert Sala, his second year in. You know what I'm saying? He's got a bunch of rookies and second-year players and a young team. And, you know what I'm saying, he looks like he's got it going. It looks like he's got his ship turned around up here at 4-2. and two. Uh, And, you know, still Rama Bear, year three, 2-4. and four. <laughs> worse, worse offensive line than we had because he wanted to be cheap. Don't get me started on your boy, Rama Bear, man. Go, go ahead. Classic. Go ahead. No, we haven't gotten to that part of the, the show yet. 
the Steelers upset Tampa Bay 20-18. Kenny Pickett got hurt, got a concussion. Mitchell Trubisky came in off the bench and beat Tom Brady. Led the team down for a game. Who had that on their field? Nobody. Uh, everybody probably thought this was the game where Tom Brady and Tampa Bay would kind of get themselves right it, but it's just not happening yet. Uh, uh, this is game what? This was game six. So uh, Tom Brady should uh, have gotten that preseason rest off of him by now. But uh, you need to go home and be a family. Oh, never mind. But it, oh, see. <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> now we're moving on. And we're moving on exactly to the team we need to be moving on to because the Carolina Panthers came up short once again. 24-10 versus the Rams. P.J. Walker in for Baker Mayfield, who's out hurt. Was it a high ankle sprain for Baker? What's he got? Yeah, Yeah, high ankle sprain. Yeah, high ankle sprain for Baker Mayfield, so he's out. Um, uh, Robbie Anderson out here. He's just not been happy ever since Sam Donald got benched the first time. And, right. Uh, yeah, he had another episode uh, on the sideline uh, that got him ejected by the coach and the coaching staff. So, I mean. Argue know. with argue with the position coach. Then Steve Woods was like, we ain't doing that. Gets him out of the game. And then the very next day, he is shipped off to Arizona. Right. And then uh, the Commanders somehow, some way, got a twelve to seven win over the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football, and one of the ugliest football games you'll ever see that actually had two touchdowns scored in it. Um, yeah, Carson Wentz has got now he's got a broken finger, so he's going to miss uh, two weeks to a month, so Taylor Heineke's going to come in. Uh, we're going to see something different, at least a different quarterback, somebody with more experience in running the offense. Maybe we'll see some different results that can kind of help things here. Scott Turner and Ron Rivera definitely uh, are squarely on the hot seat in my eyes. Uh, Jack Del Rio's defense has been playing pretty good. I mean, they still give up big plays at the wrong times. But, I'll take that coaching job if Rivera goes. But, uh, you know, that's been kind of Jack Del Rio's hallmark as a defensive coach anyway. So, yep. as his whole tenure has been, you know, with the Raiders and Jacksonville so forth and so on. Uh, just a, a bad situation up front offensive line-wise because – uh, Ron Rivera keeps going after these old, washed-up Carolina Panthers that were never any good at Carolina, and then thinking they're going to be good. And wait, 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 wait. Curtis Samuel was good. He no, had no, that no. one. I said offensive lineman. See, you're uh, not listening. Don't get see all of your feelings. Because <laughs> other Panthers are all over the league, <clears throat> Buffalo, and they're doing so much better than your squad. Carolina North. But we're about to talk about that here. But yeah, Commanders—they've uh, got to—they—they've—they've they, they've got to figure something out along the offensive line. Um, and uh, Ramon Bears really got to get it going on, man. It, it this was what we're what we're about to talk about here in just a second. This could really maybe sour him on this whole ordeal. And a man of his age and tenure in the league and just overall dignity just may say, "Screw it." 
I'm taking it to the house. Um, but uh, in the news and notes portions of the league, yo Panthers fired Matt Rule. Uh, Finally, he's gone. Finally, that's exactly what he's saying because he's sitting at the house about to collect this forty million. Plus. Oh, he can collect some damn money. I ain't got to look at his incredulous looking ass anymore. He can keep the. He can take the forty million. I don't care. He can go. He can go back to college. He can go back to college. He ain't finna go back to college before he can get this forty million. I, I I don't care what he does. I don't give a damn what he do. He can have the forty million as long as he ain't on the sideline looking clueless and not knowing what he's doing. Good riddance. I don't know if they should have fired Phil Snow though, because Phil Snow uh, was Phil, doing the damn thing while he was a Panthers. Uh, Phil Snow is a Matt Rule guy. I know he's a Matt Rule guy, but and and. That was that was gonna happen regardless. Phil Snow is not gonna stay. But Phil Snow stay. did a he did a better job transitioning to the NFL than Matt Rule did. Yes, he did, and and I'm happy for Steve Wilkes. He's a Charlotte native. He's a West Charlotte graduate. Shout out to my alma mater. My 20 year reunion is this weekend. Um, hey, I just turned 38 on Monday. <laughs> Literally two days ago, I just turned 38. So yes, yes, I, I I'm at the 20 I'm at the 20 year mark, and shout out to class 2002. Um, but yeah, and I, I know I'm old. Uh, my my neck is feeling that my neck is feeling about 68, but that's another story for another day. Uh, so yeah, when they say what hurts today, it was my neck. Tomorrow will probably be my knee because it's cold. <laughs> uh, but I, again, back to, like I said, Matt Rowe can keep that $40 million. He can sit on that $40 million as long as I ain't got to look at him looking clueless and incredulous and not knowing what he's doing on the sideline with a very inept offense and Ben McAdoo needs to probably be the next one to go. Cause it ain't working with this damn, as Skip Bayless says, cheesecake factory menu. Cause that's what it looks like. Um, and maybe the Sam Darnold coming off the IR. I don't know what this team is a mess anyway. And I, you know, Teams ain't going to give up a high draft pick for Christian McCaffrey, which is what Carolina wants. I think it's smart on Carolina to uh, dangle him out there, see what team will actually bite. Um, nobody's done that yet. We'll see if anybody does by November 1st. Highly doubt it, but I'll, if they can get a second-round pick or a first-round pick, which they won't get because, you know, C-Max injury history. Mm-hmm. Uh um, but we, we'll see if somebody's desperate enough to do it. Um, I think the Bills or Eagles could use him probably the most because, I mean, Singletary is, Singletary is good, but he's not taking over that running game we, as he as I thought he would. Or uh, the Eagles, they just have they have too many running backs in the room. I mean, that running back by committee, 
I, they need somebody who will be like an every down back. I mean, you got one guy that does power runs. You got one guy that's a receiver. You got one guy that runs here and there on on pro pro sets. So it's like if they can get somebody that can just be more like a centered focus back, like the focal point of the running game, I think that would make them even more lethal. And then DJ Moore, somebody's got to get him going. Uh, PJ Walker definitely isn't it. Um, the practice squad guy, Jacob Eason, who's basically had to come in and be the backup. Um, I just, I don't know. I, at the, you know, it's like you said with, with Washington, it goes back to the coaching, in this case, the offensive coordinator in this case. Um, like the Panthers are very inept on offense, and it's really sad because the defense has been playing some great football. Yeah, they've been uh, really holding me down in fantasy football so far this year. Yeah. They've given up points, but they've scored like three defensive touchdowns so far this year. Right. They've had a follow recovery. They had a pick six last week. And, you know, they, they're doing everything they can. And then, but the offense puts them in such a bad position that, like you said, they give up a lot of points. And it's not really the defense's fault because they don't get a chance to rest. Because offense, as soon as offense gets on the field, they're coming right off the field. Um, I, I, I definitely it's a mess in Carolinas. You know there are talented quarterbacks that are coming out of this year's draft class. I don't know who will go number one, who will be the top quarterback. I don't know who you don't want to get. And who would that? CJ Stroud. I do not want him. I would uh, get within a hundred yards of that kid no. because they don't run anything that shows you any NFL talent. Exactly. And we've had enough people bear it out because Justin Fields is not that good. No, no. I, I, I definitely would avoid because, like you said, they don't run. They don't run an NFL kind of offense, and it's not going to work. I mean, Justin Fields. You know, I had high hopes for Justin Fields, and. Watching that Thursday night game, yeah, no, like it's bad, and I really, I really hate that for him because at the same time, when you know he's been bad, as bad as he's been, his line hasn't been good. He doesn't have any good receivers. And he doesn't really have that much run support. I mean, Devin Montgomery hasn't done much of anything as you would think he would. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's just really it's just really bad. It's really, really bad. And I wouldn't want CJ Stroud anywhere near that quarterback's room in Carolina because not only just for him, but the team. I mean, you really look you look at the team right now, you've had ever since Cam Newton got hurt in a few years ago. You've had Teddy Bridgewater, who played well, but wasn't, I mean, the man only throws like three yards of completion. <laughs> you had, you had, um, you had Sam Darnold, who started off 3-0. and Then he got, then Christian McCaffrey got hurt and the whole thing fell apart. And then he got hurt, and he was he looked bad. You bring back Cam Newton, who didn't really have any time to prepare. He signed on Thursday to play him on Sunday. He he said he was back, and then he goes zero seven as a starter. And then you bring in PJ Walker. PJ Walker went two and zero as a starter. Great, but you know. He's not, he hasn't really done anything impressive uh, since he left the XFL. Well, COVID killed the XFL, but um, P.J. Walker hasn't done much since. And also, that's another Matt Rule guy. Go figure. And then... Matt Corral's hurt, so... Yeah, Matt Corral got hurt in the preseason. Darnold, you bring in Baker. I forgot. Don't get me started on Baker Mayfield. Um I mean, Baker Mayfield has been horrendous. And I really had – sad thing was I did have hopes. I did have high hopes for Baker. I wanted him to be successful in Carolina, but he's been anything but that. Um, so now you're back to P.J. Walker. And, you know, Sam Darnold is off the IR – We'll see how long it is before he gets back under the fold, but it's just a it's a royal mess in Carolina, I, and it's gonna just take. Uh, I don't know. I think Scott Fitterer was dealt a bad hand to begin with, and he really never got a chance to put his own imprint. He never really got a chance to bring in, hit the coast that he wants. He kind of inherited Matt. Well, he didn't kind of. He did inherit Matt Rule. And then he inherited Steve Wilkes as an interim. And now he – so he's never really got a chance to bring somebody of his own his own kind of guy, the old guy that he wants to bring in. And that's what we'll have to see if he get, even gets a chance to do. Well, it may be a mess in Carolina, but that's just on the field. Could be a fan of my team. Where reports surface that Daniel Snyder has told people that he has dirt on several owners and Roger Goodell. And he'll use it 
if he's backed into a corner and forced to sell his team. It's a bombshell report by ESPN that came out earlier in the week that basically just uh, ran down why uh, Dan Snyder has been able to kind of do the things that he's done and go unchecked and why they haven't up until now really started to bang the drum on him and it's because people fear that Dan Snyder will uh, retaliate retaliate by you know leaking the information that he's gathered people say that uh, he's gotten this information through private investigators and so forth and that he basically he gonna bring down the whole CMB if I go down I'm taking a whole lot of people with me as Nina once famously said uh, and the proof in the pudding is John Gruden John Gruden is Bruce Allen's boy Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder are not on good terms anymore. They have a basically a war going on against each other. And Dan Snyder, being who he is, put that out. And it was a way to get at Bruce and hurt one of Bruce's Bruce's closest homeboy, John Green. So it was a hit piece on two men by May. Mm-hmm. And that by Dan Snyder. And that's what the owners are afraid of. But Jim Irsay came out because the, the the owners' meetings are this week. He came out and he basically got in front of the cameras and everybody said there is merit to remove Snyder as owner through the transgressions that 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 he well. They're talking about this one investigation, the Mary Jo White investigation. That's still open. That's really not, really probably not gonna gonna give you anything as far as like you know, like the Jerry Richardson situation was or anything of that nature. So, at the end of the day, man, they're just gonna have to vote to get him out and then put together some type of incentive on top of the vote to be like hey man sell your team take the money and we'll add a little bit more to it and go live your life somewhere else man just not in our league because he's taken Washington from the top of the league as far as revenue and money generating to the bottom of the league they once had a 90 seat stadium they've now got like a a 65 Four seat stadium. They can't fill up the stadium with their own fans. Um, they have no home field advantage. Huh? That Eagles game was a clear indicator. Yeah, they have no home field advantage. They, they, you know, they. Daniel Snyder has just sucked all the joy and life out of all the fans. They, they, they would rather see the team lose and him just be shamed into giving away the team than actually see him be the one to turn around and actually win with the team at this point. Um, wow. Yeah, you were lying because they were at 91,704 12 years ago to 67,717. Jeez. 
Yeah, so, um, and yeah, it's just been, the last 10 years, 10 to 15 years have just been the same old story, no matter who you get, the same, the organizations just run poorly. There's always leaks, there's always stories, no matter who comes in, no matter what their pedigree is, no matter how good of a coach they are. Um, you know, the same things keep happening and the one constant has been the owner. So, um, until they can figure out a way to get him out of there, um, and maybe it may just be, Hey, you're bad for our image. You're bad for our revenue. Um, you know, two strikes are out <laughs> at this point. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but it, there's momentum is starting to build a little bit more than it has kind of like the name change a couple of years ago um over that summer uh you know you could kind of just it's like this feels different and uh this kind of feels different when it comes to dan steiner uh when it pertains to maybe trying to get him out of uh, ownership of the commanders um we're going to shift over for our last segment we're going to do a kind of joint quick segment here we're going to preview the NBA and the NHL's both seasons started. Uh, 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 NHL last week, NBA this week. So uh, we have Boston defeating Philly and the Warriors defeating the Lakers on opening night. Yay, yay. Uh, huh? I said yay, yay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot I'm talking to head Boston guy over here. Uh, the guys kind of started off a little sluggish in the first half. So got, like in the second half, they kind of – uh, you know, believed in what the coach was trying to give them because they got a new voice. Uh, so what did you see there? Uh, and uh, did your free agents uh, make a, a big splash where you feel confident Boston can make another deep run? Uh, in the I, I think the biggest difference, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon was definitely, I think once he got into the flow of the game because he was coming, he came off the bench, he was – Comfortable coming off the bench, and it just shows how much of a team guy he is. I mean, this is the 2014-2015 Rookie of the Year. Uh, played great, was a starter in Milwaukee, starter in Indiana. Um, he is worth the first-round pick that the Celtics traded off to the Pacers. Um I like what he brought to the second unit. Uh, you know, the Celtics definitely don't have a true point guard, but they do have one coming off the bench in Brogdon. I think eventually we'll see him as a starter uh, for the team uh, because a lot of people still don't think the Celtics have that true point guard, but they really do. Uh, Brogdon, not only he rebounds, he dishes the ball, he shoots it when he needs to. Very smart, very cerebral. So I like what I saw from him. Uh, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin uh, came in off the bench. I, I didn't really see much, but I, I think it was just the first game. We'll see. We'll see more what he can do. Uh, JB, JT, they were great. Uh, Jason Tatum was not locked down by 
Andrew Wiggins, so we saw what he normally does. He wasn't worn out either. I think that will still kind of – it won't be, like, completely consuming him, but I think it's going to be in the back of his mind all season how the 2022 20, finals ended, and I think that's going to drive him. But the one thing I do like under Joe Mazzula that you didn't see as much uh, with Ime Doka, the same principles of defense are there, but the Celtics run a lot. They ran a lot more in this game. I mean, they out-transitioned the Sixers 22-2. to two. They were – they got the ball in the turnover. They were running on the break, and – they were very efficient in this game. And I think when you add all those elements together, it does look like Boston will be a strong team. Uh, And then when Robert Williams comes back, that is going to be even better for the defense. And you definitely will see that activity from the big man in the middle when he returns. And I think when he does come back, He's going to help out against the taller defenders where taller guys like Embiid, the Jokic's, the Giannis's of the association. So I really like I really like what this team is looking so far. Uh, health is definitely going to be a factor as with any sport, any team, and we'll just see how it goes from there. All right, you got uh, any predictions as far as uh, NBA Finals or MVP or, you know, just give me something that you're going to be looking at this year as far as NBA goes. uh, Prediction-wise, I would say the Warriors, I mean, the way they – the way that they have been willing to – you got loaded owners with loaded pockets. They're willing to take it above the luxury tax. They're willing to take it to a level where most teams are not willing or able to go. They will do it. If it's worth it, if it's worth the deep title run, if it's worth the NBA Finals appearances, if it's worth the rings, they're going to spend. And not only are they still on a championship level, they got younger, and that younger core has postseason experience. That younger core is going to be more of a factor. And I think even with the distractions from the off season and we know what we're talking about here. And even with those distractions, I think they still find a way to still dominate the West. You do have new Orleans that can unseat them with a slimmer, leaner Zion. Uh, CJ McCollum is going to have a first full season in new Orleans. Brandon Ingram, that's a triumvirate to watch out for. You have Memphis. I mean, you got you got the human highlight reel in Ja Morant. You have 
Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark just got extended. You have a lot of good pieces out in Memphis. You also have, and with the Grizzlies and Warriors creating a budding rivalry, that's going to be very fun to watch. You had the Clippers, Kawhi's back. Uh, we'll see how how he will do. Uh, PG, John Wall back in the fold. Uh, and I think you'll see a rejuvenated John Wall after all the issues he had personally to deal with and professionally leaving um, a, a rebuilding Houston franchise. He gets to be on a contender with the Clippers. So I would say between those uh, the between those um, four teams, uh, Warriors, Pelicans, Clippers, Grizzlies. I would say those are my top four. I would say Golden State beats Memphis in the Western Conference Finals. They're back in the NBA Finals. Um, in the East, you have, I think the Celtics look good, uh, and then you have, you have the Bucks. You have, you have the Bucks. Uh, you do have the Sixers, a healthy James Harden, along with Joel Embiid. They got to just get their chemistry back down once again. Um, the Heat, you can never discount the Heat. I think Jimmy Butler needs to focus less on his hair, more on the game. <laughs> the hair looks cool, man. It does. It does. Might be like Samson. Might be his, his superpower. You know Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how Tyler Hero does with his new contract. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. So, you got Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, uh, Heat, uh, Cleveland. I'm going to be interested in how they do with um, – Donovan Mitchell, uh, Darius Garland, he did get hurt tonight. Hope he's okay. Uh, Mitchell, Garland, uh, Mobley, Allen, you have uh, you have a good you have a good um, contenders there. And then my MVP Oh man, you got. It's hard to go against Jokic. Um, three times in a row. I don't think he's gonna win three times in a row. Um, I think Embiid got robbed last year, and I'm not just saying that because he went to KU, but um, I think Embiid. But my my concern about Embiid's MVP candidacy is if James Hart is James Harden, mm-hmm. uh, because we know James Harden likes to get into the ISO game, and he can start to do the most. And if they don't get the ball on that high block to Embiid to initiate the offense, that's going to be. That's going to be a problem. Um, but, like I said, I don't think Jokic will win three in a row. I mean, he's perfectly capable of doing it. I think maybe Giannis. 
maybe gets the MVP. Um, I haven't, I didn't mention the Lakers for the sole reason that they don't have the shooters. Uh, we saw that. We saw that yesterday. Um, apparently, there was a trade offer that the Jazz made. They wanted to send. They wanted the. They wanted. They were going to give the Lakers shooters in exchange for the Lakers twenty-seven and twenty-nine picks. The Lakers turned it down. But they were going to give up Mike Conley. Boyan Bogdanovich, two three-point shooters right off the bat, and one other player for those three, for those two first-round picks, and the Lakers turned it down. And we saw what happens when you turn down the chance to improve your three-point outside shooting. Um, it looks like they're going to be – it's either going to be Russ trying to do the most – or they're going to be watching LeBron ISO, and then they're going to hold their breath every single time Anthony Davis hits a dead because you're going to be wondering, will he get up? Is he going to be limping when he gets up? What's going to happen? We saw him limping yesterday, and I just, I mean, I just don't think this Laker team is going to be as good as you know, they're only going to be as good as year 20 LeBron can take him. He can only take him so far at this point. I know he's ageless, he's timeless, but he can only do but so much. All right, and then a quick word on the NHL. Uh, who do you see in the uh, Stanley Cup, and who do you see hosting the MVP trip? Well, MVP, I got to go with 97 in Edmonton, Connor McDavid. Um, Just the things that he does on the ice uh, with the goals, the assists. Um, You also, I mean, he's got a really good team. And so in the East, I mean, you got your contenders in the Panthers, the Hurricanes. Um, I love the addition. It it kind of, at first, you know, the shark side of me was sad to see Brent Burns go. But I love the fact that he went to Carolina. I love the fact because not only are you getting a, not only are the Hurricanes getting a big defenseman, they're getting a defenseman that can score. And and you're getting a guy that, I mean, the man the man doesn't have his front teeth. That just shows you how much. That just shows you how much he loves the game. Yeah, um, he's, uh, he's turning into a fan favorite really fast. Oh, I, I, of course. Uh, they would be stupid to not love that guy. I mean, the years he put at the San Jose Sharks, as a Sharks fan, like I said, I was sad to see him go, but I'm glad he's in a great situation. Um, the Sharks are in full rebuild mode. Uh, they have their first – they really uh, – they their Sharks are in full rebuild mode. 
I knew that coming in. Uh, Doug Wilson no longer the GM after 19 years as a GM. Um, not only was he the first San Jose captain in 1991, um, he was the longest-serving GM of the franchise, got him to the Stanley Cup final in 2016, ultimately win it with the Penguins. A lot of heartbreaks, but San Jose was always in the mix. But now they have the first African-American general manager in Mike Greer, who's also my cousin, by the way, um, biologically. And and so, but the Sharks aren't rebuilt. Hurricanes get Burnsy. I like the I like the fact that they're stacking. They're looking to stack the deck, and they they want the cup. They're going to. They're on a mission, and making trades like this show that they're on. They're definitely out for. They're out for um, the Stanley Cup. They want to bring another banner to Raleigh. I love it. I, you know, I definitely, when I move back to Charlotte, I, I mean, I would definitely want to get up to Raleigh for a Hurricanes game, most definitely. Um, but you got the Hurricanes, you got the Rangers. Um, I mean, the Penguins are always in the mix, whether uh, just because Sidney Crosby, <laughs> he's still playing, he's still relevant. Um you have the Bruins, the Panthers, um, Tampa Bay's off to a slow start, but I'm not going to count them out just yet. Um, out west, you got the reigning champs in the Avs, you got the Stars, the Preds, the Blues, and then, of course, Calgary, Vegas are the teams to watch in the west. I would say at the end of the day, it will. I will see. Um, I will say. Out west, it will come down to. Uh, I want to. I want to say Edmonton, even though Edmonton's also a slow start. Like I said, I I'm a huge fan of Connor David. I. They got a lot of offensive firepower. You got McDavid. You got Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane. Um, so Edmonton is, I think you could possibly see a Stanley Cup rematch of 2006. Hurricanes Oilers. And I think the Hurricanes win it all. Well, that would be a very exciting revelation to happen for the city of Raleigh. If that was to happen, Hurricanes off to a good start so far, just like they were last year. Question for the Hurricanes, not really the regular season. They've proven that they can sustain and win a division that five years ago when they got realigned in that division, nobody thought they'd ever win, but they've conquered that, and now they've got to prove that they can go through the playoffs and maintain health and make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and win it. So um, we'll be looking forward to what the season brings in the NHL and the NBA as uh, we'll be covering it for you here on Know the Score. So at this point, Dwayne, I'm going to turn it over to you, sir, for your final thoughts. Uh, final thought. Um, 
Well, shout out to everybody that sent me birthday wishes over the weekend, as well as October 17th. I appreciate all of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wasn't excited about my birthday coming into it, but it turned out to be a great weekend, a great day. So I had to start off with that first and foremost. Uh, Yes. And definitely recommend the National Museum of African-American Music. If you ever visit Nashville, check it out. It's a nice traveling time from the um, early, early days back in Africa to the to the days of hip hop. Uh, definitely go. You're definitely traveling in time, learning about different genres of black music, and it's very enlightening. So, um, so on the, I'm gonna say my final thoughts will go to. I'm going to basically say. MLS playoffs. That's a good one. So the MLS playoffs, uh, they kicked off this past weekend. Um, we saw a lot of – we. so the teams out in the – the teams that are left are Philadelphia, Cincinnati in the – Philadelphia, Cincinnati in the east – along with New York City FC and um, CF Montreal. Out West, you have LA, you have LAFC, uh, LA Galaxy, along with Austin and Dallas. So you got California, Texas flow in the, in the, um, in the, in the West. So, uh, if we really just do a quick recap of the season, Philly won the East, uh, and this is top seven. The top seed gets a bye. Uh, Montreal, New York City FC, New York Red Bulls, Cincinnati, Miami, and Orlando City won, made the playoffs in the East, out West. Uh, LAFC, they won the Supporters' Shield. That's for the regular season champion. Austin, FC, FC Dallas, LA Galaxy, Nashville SC, Minnesota United, and Real Salt Lake were in the were in the West. And so in the first round of the in the first round of the playoffs, uh, Cincinnati beat the New York Red Bulls and the LA Galaxy beat Nashville, eliminating Eliminating uh, Nashville SC. Austin beat Salt Lake on penalties 3 1, or Montreal shut out Orlando 2 0. Um, and then in the New York City FC, they beat Miami 3 0. Dallas beat Minnesota 5 4 on penalties uh, to move on. So that sets up in the East uh, Cincinnati at Philadelphia. And uh, El Trafico, LA Galaxy versus LAFC winner moves on to the Western Conference Final. Um, and then the other matchup, 
uh, NYCFC goes to Montreal, and then Dallas plays Austin. Winner goes to the West. So great season of MLS. Um, I do want to say they are going to be adding another team to. They're going to be adding another team to the league, uh, which will put them at thirty, I believe. Uh, they so it's been. It's been a great um, – yeah, St. Louis, St. Louis City SC is coming in 2023, and that will put them at 30 teams – or 29 teams. Now, uh, their goal is to get to 32, so uh, MLS still expanding. We'll see um, how it goes down over the next couple of weeks to the MLS Cup. I appreciate you, sir, joining me once again here on Know the Score. Uh, my final thought probably be uh, NASCAR playoffs. Uh, Bubba Wallace found himself in a very interesting spot. Uh, got into a wreck with Kyle Larson and ended up, uh, by all intents and purposes, wrecking Kyle Larson on purpose for get back, which is a no-no uh, in NASCAR, especially with the new car, with the uh, safety concerns that they've been having with this new car. So if that wasn't enough, uh, Bubba got out of his car and walked down uh, the front stretch and uh, basically confronted Kyle Larson, pushing him, asking him what's going on. Kind of looked like he was trying to get him to fight him, but uh, Kyle Larson didn't want any parts of it. And uh, Bubba got suspended for a race for his actions. And uh, so just uh, need to show a little bit more restraint, especially in that. In that type of form, you know, you can be mad. People do things behind the wheels of race cars all the time that are intentional, that they get away with. But uh, I think he could have got away with that. But when you walk down in front of everybody in the front grandstands and push on a guy and he's not trying to retaliate and come back, doesn't look good on you. So uh, hopefully he'll use this as a little learning experience. And, uh, you know, next time that happens, he'll – He'll, he'll use a different tactic to get even when it's time for him to get even. But, uh, yeah, just unfortunate because they actually had a really good car on Sunday. He won the first stage. Uh, looked like he was maybe going to set up, you know, to be a player uh, to get himself another win, uh, which would have been cool. But uh, now he's going to miss this next race uh, in Miami. And uh, so we won't see Bubba again until Martinsville. And that's not one of his best tracks. So, uh it could be, you know, a couple of tough weeks to end the season for Bubba, especially having to face that media that's going to come at him, too, once he comes back to the track. But all in all, the NASCAR season has been very good. Car has caused a lot of concerns for people. Like I said, the safety concerns are really high for the drivers right now. Guys, we've got two drivers currently out due to concussions. And that is not good. So they're trying to uh, uh, make some changes, modify some things for next year so the car will be uh, much safer. And uh, that will be something to watch for uh, as we go through the off season in NASCAR, just uh, what they do to ensure driver safety uh, just because you don't want guys fearing that if they hit their ball, uh, it's going to mess up their head. So uh, hopefully they get that situation cleared up and, uh, and things move forward. 
Um, continue to just listen to Know the Score here on the CSPN. Like I said, thanks to Dwayne for joining me. Thanks to everybody over on the WrestleCast, all the co-hosts. Thanks to everybody at the Comic Book Chronicles who helped make up the network. Uh, continue to support the show. Go to CSPN.us. Click on the tab that says Keep Our Podcast Free at the top of the page. Do some shopping with any, any of our sponsors. Tough keep the show free of charge each and every week. Also, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media, uh, where we have uh, content for the WrestleCast over there on Dark Match. We have AEW reviews, and we have pre- and post-show conversations as well. So check out the extra content that we have over there on the Dark Match. So, Dwayne, again, I appreciate you, sir, joining me. And for all the listeners, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and now you know the score.